it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for everybody's favorite day of the week. (laughs) This is your Raw review for July 19th, 2021. And after three spectacular days of wrestling, crowds coming back, you have SmackDown, Impact, Slammiversary, and Money in the Bank, we bring you Monday Night Raw. And I, I, I don't know what to say. Um, compared to the last three days, this was just it wasn't good. Uh, I'll be I'll be honest here. It just there was. Too many rematches from either last night or last week. There were there were debuts and re-debuts that were completely messed up. Returns that still baffle me, and it's been hours, but. I don't know. Like, compared to, like, SmackDown was, like, a straight A for me. Slammiversary was fantastic as well. Money in the Bank last night was absolutely outstanding. Uh, Sam and I will get into the the latter two on our normal um, Above the Ring episode. But tonight's Raw... And I, and I don't want to be negative because that's that's not what we do here, Bedlam. But I just don't know anymore. I don't know how I can continue to defend this product. I, I don't. I just don't understand it. There are there there were a few bright spots tonight. I will definitely say that. Um, Especially the ending of the show, but we'll get into that momentarily. But just too many things that just made me literally just stare at the television and go, What? Why? It, but so, you know, let's just get into it and we'll discuss as things go on. So, Raw started off 
nice and hot. John Cena came out, dresses the crowd, everything that had happened previously at Money in the Bank. For those of you who did not watch Money in the Bank, after the Roman Reigns edge match, which Roman did successfully defend his title, John Cena made his much-anticipated return back to WWE, came in the ring, went up to Roman, did the You Can't See Me, crowd exploded. Like, literally, the... The crowd reaction to when Cena's music hits, and even mine, my own, like when I'm sitting here, I'm tweeting away about Roman winning and retaining his title, and and then all of a sudden, I just hear those beginning sounds of Cena's theme, and I'm just like, I felt like a dog that heard a noise, and it's your 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 head jerks, and you're like, wait, what? Nah, what's happening? And then I saw the green, and I was just like, no. You see him, and it's just, oh, my God. It was insanity. Now, I've I've always been on the fence with Cena. Um, I loved him as the Doctor of Thugonomics. I liked him as his current incarnation. But after a while, it's just kind of like, if you grew up watching Cena throughout, like, the middle 2000s into the... 2010s. It's just it was LOL Cena wins. That's essentially what it was. He dominated everything and that's why he's a 16-time World Heavyweight Champion. And he deserves it for everything that he's done. Then he went away, started doing movies like The Rock, and now he's making his return to essentially challenge Roman Reigns for his 17th title shot well, more than that, but looking for his 17th heavyweight title reign against Roman at SummerSlam. Eh. So, Cena also did mention that he will be on SmackDown this Friday. So that should be interesting. SmackDown this week actually doing the split show. Um... Half will be in Cleveland. The other half will be in Miami. Um, And, of course, now I forgot the name of the music show that's happening down there. Um, So I apologize for that. But they're going to be doing shows from both sides, which I think is pretty cool. I know Raw 25 did it, and it didn't exactly work out well. But that seems to be the story with Raw for the last God knows how long. So... We'll see how SmackDown does. Could be good, could be bad. We'll see. So, after Cena leaves, we end up having ourselves a six-man tag match as it's Riddle and the Viking Raiders taking on and defeating Morrison, AJ Styles, and Omas. And all due to some... (laughs) some Dripstick shenanigans. And I said this when I tweeted it out. I'm like, I can't believe I just typed that out. And I'll say it's the same thing. It's just Riddle uses that dripstick and sprays Omos in the back. Omos thinks that it was the Miz who did it. Um, so he gets off the apron and starts to, like, you know, stare down the Miz and walk towards him and Miz is 
like a madman trying to roll his his wheelchair backwards. Uh, Morrison tries to, to stop him, and Omos just literally takes Morrison and throws him back in the ring, which the Viking Raiders were there ready and waiting, dropping the Viking experience, picking up the win. So after that, we moved on to a feud that I thought had already died, but apparently they wanted to bring it back for the fans, which clearly they did not want. It was a symphony of destruction match, which have been fun in the past, um, noticeably with Braun Strowman, who's obviously no longer with the company, and Elias. So it was Jackson Riker versus Elias one more time, but in that symphony of destruction match, match was good overall. For some ungodly reason, they're still trying to push Jackson Riker as a face, and I caught WWE piping in some crowd noise because you could tell by looking at the crowd that they they gave zero shits about this match. Um, at multiple times, they actually cheered Elias as he was beating up on Jackson. Um, but the ending was actually pretty cool. Um, Jackson Riker delivering a superplex from the top rope through two tables on the outside, rolling his arm over, also helped, <laughs> helped from the ref to do so because apparently Riker had some issues dealing where, where he was at that moment. Uh, to get the win, and I assume that that feud is finally over. Uh, but the crowd clearly did not care about this match whatsoever. And honestly, did, neither did most of us. <laughs> but whatever. Um, they had a segment in the back uh, with uh, Adam Pierce and Sonny Deville with uh, Mansoor. And Mansoor has made it known that he wants to tag with Mustafa Ali. Or, I'm sorry, Mustafa Ali. Uh, apologize and correct myself. Um, Ali, obviously not very pleased with this, but we should see how this goes. Um, personally, I think that this could be a really, really good tag team. It's also great to have Mustafa be on television more often because he definitely deserves it. Um, and... It'll be interesting to see Mansoor in front of the fans as well. So, But they have they de- their debuting match next week. After that, we had the Queen and your new Raw Women's Champion, uh, Charlotte Flair, the 11-time now champion. Apparently, they've once again decided to ignore NXT's championship reigns because she should be, in theory, a 13-time champion. I thought it was 14. Math is difficult. I can't add, apparently, so it is what it is. (laughs) But 11-time champ basically coming out, talking about how she could beat Rhea Ripley on any day of the week, and it doesn't matter. Uh, That obviously was good enough for Rhea to come out. And he's like, all right, you should beat me any time, any day. Let's do it tonight. And Charlotte's like, no, oh, you're still too injured. You're clearly not 100%, so I'll decline. This causes both Adam Pierce, Sunday DeVille, to come out once again. And Adam Pierce makes it official for tonight. Your main event will be Rhea Ripley challenging Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship. 
Uh, also, during this um, conversation that Charlotte was having with the crowd at first, the crowd just started chanting Becky. And Charlotte had a nice quip, kind of shut the crowd up pretty quickly, uh, stating that, yes, Becky's at home breastfeeding, and I'm here dominating this division. So, of course, Becky Lynch, being the man as she is, talking about and having a great tweet saying, breastfeeding at home is still the most overwoman in the division. So, God bless her. I'm glad she's back on social media, at least. Um, she's been trolling people hard, especially during the last pay-per-view. Um, so, we don't know when her return will be, if she even decides to return. Um, because... God bless her. She does not have to. She's done more than enough for the women's division. Um, and if she wants to concentrate on being a mother and only being a mother, then God bless her. Good for her. Uh, but if she does decide to come back, I can probably guarantee she'll be right back where she was before she left. Um, but after that, we ended up having uh, more women's tag action as your... WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, uh, Natalia and Tamina, take on the former champions of Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. And what do you know? Reginald once again tries to get involved to help, but ends up causing Shayna to lose once again. And at first, while Nia Jax looked to be defending Reginald, she then eventually turns on him, lays him out, the ladies walk off, claiming, obviously, back to being a team, which is good to see. But crazy enough, after that, while Reginald is in the ring, all upset and dismayed on what had happened, Akira Tazawa, the current 24-7 champion, decides to run out to the ringside area, being chased by the wrestlers who end up tripping and falling over one another allowing Tozawa to get back into the ring. He's sitting there laughing. And, of course, then this causes Reginald to think about it and go, wait a minute. I can turn this front upside down. And God forbid, well, he did. He ends up pinning Tozawa. And now Reginald is your 24-7 champion. And then he has some ridiculous acrobatics to get himself out of uh, pinning uh, predicaments from the other wrestlers that were down at ringside. And he ends up doing these backflips, like, up the ramp to get out. So it should be interesting now. Um, I'm glad that he's still technically going to be on television. I do enjoy the Reginald character, but his time with Naya and Shayna had been played out uh, for a little while now. So I'm glad that they're doing something new. Let him run with this championship for a while. After that, we had Humberto Carrillo challenging Sheamus once again. And, um, of course, this was because of Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce telling Sheamus that because of what you did the previous week by attacking Humberto before the match, he deserves another shot. So they were going to have a match, and if Humberto won that match, he would then get himself a title shot. Um... Sheamus also debuting some new neon graphics, which I thought were easily the best stuff that WWE has come up with so far when it comes to those 
3D virtual graphics. Um, I just love it. It's all like the Fight Night stuff, and it's um, it's it, it really fits Seamus's current character. So I thought it was spectacular, and I'm glad to see that they're going to end up pushing that. They uh, then had a big surprise after that. Oh, by the way, Sheamus did end up winning that match um, rather quickly. Um, but during the match, they had a special surprise for everybody, telling everybody that the current NXT heavyweight champion, Karrion Cross, would be making his Raw debut tonight. And the way they were showing him... It didn't look like Scarlett was going to be with him, which I think is a massive mistake. And lo and behold, once he does make his debut, he is by himself without his his wife by his side. You know, it's when he debuted in NXT, his his whole entrance was probably one of the best things I've ever seen in professional wrestling. Um, now, I know there's been some crazy stuff over in Japan, and I've seen some of it, but in the Western side of things, Cross's entrance is probably one of my favorites, um, at least in recent history. Not talking about, like, takers and stuff like that, but this one was, was it was real good. It's like, oh, this is main event ready. Everything's perfect. It'd be great. This time, I don't know. It felt weird. Like, there was no Scarlet. It wasn't as... It wasn't as creepy as his NXT one was. It just... It didn't seem... It lacked the power. And the crowd also didn't seem that into it. I don't know if that was just because of the, how the show was and just didn't flow. But it is what it is. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself here because before that... We were end up we were gonna end up having ourselves an almighty open challenge. Bobby Lashley, after his decisive victory over Kofi Kingston during Money in the Bank, came out and said that he'll take on anybody, didn't matter who. Well lo and behold, we finally once again get to bask in his glory. Keith Lee returns. And unfortunately, <clears throat> does not do well. Lashley being the dominant champion that he is. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. Doesn't exactly run through Keith Lee, but Keith's not able to... Uh, not able to keep up with him. And lastly, he's able to put him down. But <clears throat> the big surprise after that was really what threw a lot of people <laughs> over tilt. <laughs> um, I had heard rumblings of this, and I part of me kind of expected it because SummerSlam is next, and... You know, it's like Mania. You're going to have those big fantasy matchups. And lo and behold, after Keith Lee gets pinned, Lashley's music starts to play. 
then it's quickly cut off by Goldberg's music. Now, some of the last few matches that Goldberg has had have not been the best. <laughs> um, but Goldberg comes out, gets in the ring, gets in Lashley's face and screams, I'm next. So it looks like Goldberg is going to be challenging Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship come SummerSlam. So we have a part-timer versus a full-time champion on the Raw side. And we have a part-timer versus a full-timer on the SmackDown side of things. Now, there's only one of two ways this can go. Part-timers win. Or the full-timers win, and it's a passing of the torch moment for both. This is kind of what I'm hoping, that it's going to be the full-timers that win. Um, as much as I am a fan of Cena, I don't expect him to win against Roman. I do, however, expect the next couple of weeks or the next four weeks of promos to be probably some of the best promos work we'll get out of Roman and Cena. As for Goldberg and Lashley... I'm sure MVP will have plenty to say. Goldberg's Goldberg, so who knows? Um, I would definitely expect MVP to eat a spare or two at some point as well. Um, but I, I do hope that the full-time champions retain their titles at SummerSlam. That's just my hope. But we'll get more into that as time gets closer. And I'm sure it's going to be insane because that's just what happens. <laughs> Uh, so after Goldberg made his intentions made, uh, known, Jinder Mahal is in the ring with his associates, celebrating his birthday and talking even more trash about Drew. Drew then, of course, does not obviously appreciate this, comes out with a steel chair, blasts everybody, and literally goes to town on one of Jinder's associates with 20 chair shots. And the crowd even counted it, which is hilarious in its own right. Um, but this uber-aggressive Drew, I am here for. I want him to continue to do so. I like the fact that he is going to be feuding with his former 3MB member and teammate. Um, it's nice to see Jinder on television as well, so I can definitely see that this feud could, could go a little bit. It, it shouldn't be, you know, one and done after SummerSlam. Um, but it's, it's nice to see that they immediately have stuff to do for Drew because obviously now that uh, he lost his match and didn't win Money in the Bank, clearly he no longer has a heavyweight WWE championship match as long as Bobby Lashley is champion. So we'll see what happens. But moving forward, we then went to what I was talking about earlier with Karrion Cross having his debut, taking on Jeff Hardy, and lo and behold, Jeff Hardy got his old theme back. No More Words is back, much to the adulation of most people. Um, me personally, and I'm probably going to catch some heat for this, but I I was never a fan of this theme, ever. Like, I don't know. It just didn't resonate with me, and that's fine. That, you know, we're allowed to, to have different opinions. Um, I always just appreciated the Hardy theme that he had, but, I mean, whatever. God bless them. People are happy about it. I'm happy that they're happy. So, okay. One less thing for people to complain about, right? <laughs> but 
crazy thing about this, like I think everybody in the world that was watching Raw thought that Cross was going to absolutely destroy Jeff Hardy. And there's going to be a bittersweet moment because Jeff got his music back and everything else. But, and here's a but. This was one of those, when I talk about bittersweet moments, this is one of those moments because Jeff Hardy won the match. Now, he did it with his feet on the ropes. So there's that, which was weird that he cheated, number one. Number two, Cross is undefeated in NXT. Steamrolling. Everybody. And Hardy's had some terrible losses as of late. And he catches lightning in the bottle tonight. And he pins the current NXT champion. So coupled with the loss, not having Scarlet there, not really having much of a fan presence like the crowd did not seem enthused with him there which was weird at least it, that's at least how it sounded it just <clears throat> it didn't i don't know i think it's it's a terrible way to to show your third brand's champion who has been absolutely dominant to lose in the fashion that he lost now Obviously, I'm assuming that this is just going to be the beginning of a feud. Cross even said afterwards that Hardy's made a terrible mistake. And by, you know, by the end of it, everybody pays its toll, you know, fallen prey, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I do expect that eventually Cross will win this whole feud and he'll move on. What happens with the title in NXT? Well, he's got Samoa Joe probably going to be, you know, breathing down his neck after what he did to Joe last week. We'll find out tomorrow. Or on Tuesday, uh, whenever you guys listen to this. Um, but, yeah. I mean, if Cross is going to be full-time on Raw, that's fine. But please, for dear God, bring Scarlet with him. Like, that's half the mystique of that whole thing, is that Scarlet's... They fit so well together. And it feels like... It feels like Cross isn't as special without her there. And, it, and I know it's weird to say, <clears throat> but it just that's how it feels. Like like tonight's debut for me, it was just like, meh. I also kind of wish like they didn't mention it and they just had him come out. I think that would have been that would have made it a lot more exciting. Um, but, you know, they want to advertise. It is what it is. Um, but hey. So I thought that was a really interesting moment uh, to have Hardy win. Uh, definitely one of those head scratchers of the night. Uh, like, why would they do that to an NXT champion that's bulldozed over everybody? But whatever. Um, after that, we went to Alexis Playground. And uh, Miss Bliss letting us know that Lily is now out of timeout. And she was there in the playground as well. Uh, they were once again... Uh, Interrupted by Eva and Dewdrop. However, on Eva's way out, she tripped. Uh, we're assuming by Lily. Uh, so <clears throat> that happened. <laughs> and then after that, we did move to our main event, which was the rematch for the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair defending against Rhea Ripley. And 
Charlotte used the title, get herself disqualified, and the crowd goes mild. <laughs> um, <clears throat> just thinking to myself, oh my god, we're going to end this show on a DQ. Like SmackDown was absolute fire, and it's like Money in the Bank was amazing. And then you give us this show, and this is how this ends. It's like, oh, I thought that was terrible. Rhea obviously was infuriated by it, attacked Charlotte after the ring, laid her out, threw her back in the ring, and then, oh, my God, Nikki Ash flying down the ring, takes her money in the bank, cashes it in, does a giant crossbody off the top rope, pins Charlotte one, two, three, and Nikki Ash is your new Raw Women's Champion. So, Raw ending on a high, high note. Um, <clears throat> I think that's fantastic. Nikki celebrates in the crowd. It's just, it's been nice to see a face champion doing that again. It's been so long. Um, but the show itself, for me, that ending really saved it. I, I will give it a I'll give it like a seventy five. Like it, it was a, it was a C show. It was not it was not good uh, compared to what it's been and compared to the other shows that have been coming out lately. Um, SmackDown was just a house of fire, and Money in the Bank was pretty hot the whole night. And then it started off hot on Raw with Cena, and then after that, it just kind of dove downhill and it was it was sad to see it really was I, I just i don't understand what the writers of raw are trying to do that you just got the crowd back it's been three days and the crowd's already like meh this sucks it's sad something needs to change on the raw end but and, and quickly so like i said i give it a c uh, we did put a poll up. Uh, the poll will be going for a full day. Uh, we already have 36 votes uh, that have come in, in in half an hour, which is pretty which is pretty good for us uh, <laughs> when it comes to poll votes. So please uh, go on our Twitter, uh, media underscore bedlam. Please follow us if you don't already. Uh, give ourselves a vote. Let us know. It's an A through F grading system. Just let us know how you feel. Uh, you can comment and retweet, like if you uh, please do. Um, we'd love to get a whole bunch of votes. Let's see what people think. Uh, as of right now, uh, the leading vote getters are B's, uh, 44.4%, followed by DF at 30.6%, A at 13.9%, and C at 11.1%. So I am in the minority, uh, which is fine. I I'm happy with that. Um, but please, I'd love to see how many more votes we can get before this, uh, the poll goes away tomorrow. Uh, again, guys, if you don't already, please follow us on Twitter, media, underscore Bedlam. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as Bedlam Media. You can find myself pretty much everywhere as Scotty G Stream. You can find this podcast on pretty much every podcasting platform that's out there. If we're not on a po uh, podcast platform that you listen to, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way you can do all your one-stop shopping for your podcasts and add a little Bedlam to your day. Guys, this was your Raw Review. Like I said, unfortunately, a big step back from uh, the last three days of wrestling. Hopefully, they can try to find something to right the ship. Raw's been in trouble for a while. 
Um, I was hoping with the crowd coming back that they'd be able to fix things, but unfortunately tonight was not the case. So better luck next week. We'll see what happens. We look forward to seeing what happens on Friday Night SmackDown, especially with the Cena-Roman aspect of things. Um, With uh, Sam being on location or on assignment for this week, um, our Above the Ring episode is kind of up in the air. We may or may not do one this week. If not, definitely we'll be doing one next week. Uh, We are closing in on episode 100 of Above the Ring. Uh, it's crazy that it's already been 100 episodes. Uh, we have something very special uh, planned. It, it will not be a traditional weekly show. Um, Sam and I are going to tr- we're gonna, we're gonna do something a little different for you guys. Um, going to keep that a little tight lips. We're not going to let you know what's going on until we get closer to it. But, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, we've, we totally appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening for the last half an hour. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. And we will see you at the early, at the latest at the SmackDown Study. Have a good night, guys. Also, make sure you always and forever remember to join the Bedlam. Good night, guys. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.